Blog Talk Radio. families that have struggled with divorce or blended families. 
Um, and that's why I said this is great a great topic for both the stepmom four one one and the um parent to parent segments because it is um something people experience when you're no longer together with the other parent of your child yet you still have kids to raise and you have to somehow do it, you know, together or at least peacefully, you know, you wanna be able to have some kind of um steps to move forward. So she has came up with 10 suggested rules for successfully co-parenting. So that's what I want to get into. I like that um, she notes this first. Um, She says, keep an exact schedule of visitation hours. And I like that that is is first because I think consistency is very necessary for children across the board in a blended family and a, you know, a nucleus family and, you know, just a single parent home, you need to have consistency. And so you don't want to be dealing with, um, oh, you know, today we're going to do that, tomorrow we're going to do something else, or, you know, you're mom's coming to pick you up today, and then she calls at last minute, she's not going, and then she's not coming, and then tomorrow tomorrow she calls and says, I'm ready to come get him, and you're like, okay. You know, like, that is kind of a lot of, it's a lot of unknown for the child. It's a lot of unknown for the birth parents, both of them. Like, can I get them if I call this later? Should I let them go if they already said they were coming and they didn't? And, you know, there's just so many things to, to guess with. If it's ahead of time, kind of already thought out that, oh, you know, this weekend I got to work, so I'm not going to be able to get the kids or, you know, then you can help prepare your children. But when that happens far too often or it happens so uh, frequently that it's causing confusion for your children, then that's when you know you need to really develop some rules or some uh, common ground between you. Um, And let me backtrack a little bit from the article, the 10 tips, and just specify what co-parenting is anyways. It's basically two people sharing the duties of parenting. That's the simplest form of the definition. Um, To break it down, it would be two parents that are no longer together that decide to raise their children with the same values, the same rules, the same consequences, basically the same standards through regular communication and jointly. So, you know, both parents are going to the graduation, both parents are having the birthday party, both parents are, you know, there's not these two separate households or these two separate things. Like if you did something and you're punished at your mom's when you get to your dad's, you're also still on punishment. You know, if your phone got taken away, you know, at dad's, when you go to mom's, it's still continued consequence until the end of the consequence that was already set has came and transpired. So you just want to make sure there's consistency. And, again, there's nothing, nothing can go wrong if you have consistency with co-parenting um, because you're always going to be talking and you're always going to be in agreement. And you may have to, you know, you may have to, you know, get through some disagreements or um, cipher through some 
disparities or, you know, some um, maybe negative uh, thoughts or reactions here or there. But for the most part, the end result is always the children. So you don't have to be like, oh, you know, I'm getting my way and they're not, or they're getting their way and I'm not getting my way. There's a compromise. And and hopefully you do that out of the um, presence of the children. But we'll get into that because that's part of her 10 rules. So anyways, going back to the 10, um, I'm saying 10 rules, but it's like 10 tips. Um, So going back to the 10 tips for parenting, um, number one was consistency with the visitation. Definitely agree that that should be number one. Um, number two, speak positively about the other parents. So we're not going to be bad-mouthing and, and talking about, you know, you got a, a deadbeat dad or your dad ain't no good or, you know, your mom is crazy or your mom is, you know, just all kinds of, you know, she's promiscuous or, you know, just anything negative. We're not going to talk about the other parents. When parents say mean things to each other, it really causes the child to feel ambivalent. Like, they don't know. Like, okay, so am I supposed to be mad at mom or am I supposed to be mad at dad? What am I supposed to do? You know, and then they have to try to adjust when they go over each, you know, each of the parent house. And you just don't want to be putting your children in that situation. Um, She did kind of, the writer of this post did, uh, article did kind of um, point out, a uh an illustration of a poem. It's Capadani poem by Lofus and Roosevelt. It was from a nineteen seventy five book, Living in Step. And she kinda of points out a um an example that the book had. It said, My mom says my dad is no good and my dad says my mom is no good, so I must be no good. And that's powerful. When you read that you just kinda of See where even though you're not saying to your child because you're your your father's child, um, you're exactly like them or, you know, I, I have the same feelings for you that I have for your father and I think your father is no good. It really affects the child's self-esteem. So you can't, you just can't badmouth the parents the other parent in front of your child or to your child because that is a part that person is a part of them and yeah they meant that might person might not have been the best choice for you to be in a relationship with or maybe even to have made children with but you already did so you just have to move on from there and you have this beautiful you know these beautiful children to raise you really have to watch your words so you know, we want to we wanna lift children up. We don't want to damage their self-esteem. So we have to be mindful of that. And I'm not just talking to my listeners. I'm also talking, you know, to myself. We have to always remember that. We can't just because we're mad at our spouse or at our, you know, the other parent in the situation. We cannot make our children feel bad because that is, a half, that is half of them. That is another half of them. Um, or another piece of them, not necessarily half, but by blood. But, um, you know, that is a piece of them. They have an in them. So, um, you know, because prayerfully it's not a negative piece, but that's <laughs> a whole other thing, the spiritual realm. So um, number three, remember parenting is forever. Even though these are exes, they will always be in your children's lives, and we don't want to encourage them to 
you know, uh, bash the other parents or to drop the other parent when they get a certain age. Like, children need to know that their relationship with both parents is uh, is okay, it's acceptable, and that it will continue as long as, you know, it's healthy and as long as, you know, they have um, communication with them. So you don't want to have them um, being rebellious or um, disrespectful to their parent, uh, other parent because um, they're not in your presence. You know, it's not, it really doesn't um, serve any purpose for the child in the future. We have so many grown adults nowadays who are suffering from not knowing their parents. So unfortunately, as, as nice as it would seem to just be like, yes, just X that person out your life, sometimes it does negatively affect children, and sometimes it 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 doesn't cause too much um, turmoil, emotional turmoil, or leave a lifelong print. Sometimes because parents are able to talk to their children, be direct with them and open and share with them, oh, you know, your 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 father or your mother suffers from a mental illness or your father or your mother suffers from, you know, drug abuse or alcoholism, then the children may have a better understanding of, oh, okay, that's why I don't see them or that's why I can't have this relationship I desire with them because they're sick or because they're unable to. So, you know, like I said, parenting is forever um, based on, uh, you know, just the fact that people want their parents in their lives. But, you know, at some point when a child gets older, they have to realize that, yes, I'm going to keep my boundaries, you know, clear with my parent or, or um, you know, they're going to explore that. And sometimes, you know, some people need to experience it for themselves. Number four, use emotional etiquette when talking to an ex around the child. So I was kind of curious as to what that mean, meant. So when I read it, when I read the article a little bit more, it says know and use emotional etiquette. Within, when, uh, when talking to an ex with an earshot of a child, show understanding of a child's general confusion and lack of understanding of what is happening. Don't add to the stress by talking about grown-up issues in his or her presence. Imagine what the child is ex- experiencing and understanding with his or her limited abilities to express thoughts and feelings. So basically, you know, if you're is making a poor choice or is using substances, you know, you know, it's just not appropriate for you to be talking about, you know, you shouldn't be smoking, you know, weed all in front of my children, got this, them getting high and, you know, you just don't need to use the grown-up issue or maybe, you know, you're broke and you're supposed to be paying me child support or, you know, or you're out dating and have Tom, Dick, and Harry at your house all the time. Like, you don't, you don't want to be doing that all in front of the children. It's not appropriate. It's not something for them to worry about. And because, again, they kind of adopt those uh, labels as well. Number five, the child should not experience or partake in negative emotions about the ex. So children already feel like uh, loyalty issues here. They feel like, who should I be loyal to? They already, you know, they miss the parent they're not with. And then when they go over to that parent's house and they miss the parent that they live with, it's just, you know, it's just a confusing situation all the way around. You know, there really is no 
great setup for uh, children who are affected by a breakup or divorce. It really isn't. Um, so and even children who are, you know, are, um, you know, have a parent who is deceased, there really is no, um, no stress-free formula. You're going to have times when uh, the child is going to just emotionally take on what's going on around them. So we have to be careful what we're saying. We have to be careful how we're interacting with the ex because all of that reflects onto them and it negatively or positively will affect their self-esteem. And so hopefully we're doing the latter, but um, we have to be careful with that. Number six, children should not be pumped for information about the other parent after visitor, visits. So you know how some people kind of say, hey, what you do over your daddy house this weekend? You know, I think that's kind of, you know, sometimes I think that it can be, you know, just informative to make sure if, you know, if you have any safety concerns or something like that. And just, you know, it's just like asking, you know, how was your day at school or what did you do today at school? However, I think once you start crying, like, was that lady over there? Or there were some other kids over there? Did he have a lot of money in his wallet? Or, you know, you just never know. How many, how many computers he got at his house? Did he have more than one phone? You know, you just want to make sure you're not asking, you know, inappropriate questions to your children when they're going back and forth for visits. And that's just a part of co-parenting. You want to show some respect. Um, number seven, children are not to be used as messengers between parents. And I would hope that people aren't doing this, but I know that they are. So people might say, hey, tell your mama this to do this. Tell your dad to do that. Tell your mom to pack extra clothes next time. Tell your dad to pack some those shoes I sent over there. Like, you know, instead of doing that, talk directly to your ex. You're going to have to do that if you're going to co-parent. Um, if you have a problem doing that, it causes anxiety, other things like that, listen to part one of parents, uh, of Stepmom 411 last week of talking about co-parenting because that's when we got into using parallel parenting as an uh, alternative if it's causing too much animosity between you. Number eight, check with other parents about clothes and needed supplies. So like I said, you may have a situation. I have a close friend. She she does really good with this. She's, she's very vocal with her ex. Hey, the kids need uniforms. I need um, help with this. Um, I'll go out and purchase some, and then, you know, I'll give you the receipt and just give me half, you know, and he agrees, and that's great, you know. Uh, same thing with doctor appointments. Hey, this, you know, children have doctor appointments. I have to work. Can you take them? He's like, yeah, he'll take them. So it's very, um, it can work out very well, but you have to communicate. So, you know, that's basically what co-parenting is all about. You have to communicate and be able to voice what the children need and, you know, even, you know, child care, sports. Uh, school supplies, any family changes that may affect the children, you need to be able to talk to your ex about and so that you come into agreement, make up, they can help or participate and, you know, it may even be emotional help and just helping the child understand, hey, your mom doesn't have money for Jordans, so we're going to go get, you know, rebotched this time, you know, just talking with the child about it. You know, the, the, 
the ba- the main thing of co-parenting is you're on the same page and you support one another. You know, and if you have a disagreement, like I say, you do that outside of the children's ears or presence. Um, it's not necessary for them to see you on this. Um, you know, at, at odds with each other. Number nine, keep promises to the children. So here she kind of specifies that basically if you say you're going to do something, do it, and that you really need to listen to what the children are saying and know what the children want and that the boundaries that they need in order for you to um, exercise your authority as a parent. Because sometimes kids will say one thing to one parent and then another parent says something else, and then your authority kind of gets trumped by the other parent. And then that's how you end up bumping heads because you just have different styles of dealing with the child. But if you're listening to the child, you're communicating with the other parent, and you're saying, hey, yes, I will get you um, a new backpack if you pass your science test. Let me let your mom know that's what I'm going to do. That is more than – you know, that's more than acceptable. That's what you're supposed to do. You're promising. You're saying that you're going to do this, and you listen to the child. They want a new backpack? Good. Well, if you pass that test, I will get you a new backpack. You know, that's, you know, more than um, for you to do in co-parenting, as long as you're setting firm and loving limits and also making sure that you're communicating with the other parent and the other parent agrees. Um you know, because they may already have a backpack over there. You just want to make sure, you know, kids can kind of play both sides. So you just want to make sure you're on the same page so that you're not getting played. <laughs> um, and number 10, be on time. So if you continuously are picking up the children late or dropping them off super late or um, you're always picking them up, you know, at an inconvenient time to the other parent and the other parent is trying to, make plans or the other parent is um, trying to figure out, you know, how to um, prepare the child or how to pack for the child, you have to communicate. And then you have to let the parent, you have to let each other know what's going on. Hey, I'm running late for work, haven't picked the kids up from daycare yet. Um, I have their bags. If you want, you can pick them up and I could drop the bags off later or, you know, whatever the situation is for you. I know people have different kind of situations. Um, so I'm definitely feeling like, you know, you have to do what's best for you in your situation, but you, the main thing is to communicate and not leave the children hanging. I know sometimes people feel like they want to get back at the other parent by not showing up or coming really late or coming early so they can catch them off guard. And uh, there really is no um, positive outcome in those situations because it's the child that's being impacted negatively. You know, even though the parent may be like, hey, you know, you came late and I had an appointment or something like that, really the children were waiting. You know, you have children asking that parent, you know, "When when is my other parent coming? I'm ready to go, you know. And, you know, you just want to make sure that, you know, things are running as smoothly as possible in this broken situation. So, unfortunately, you have to um, really, really communicate more than you probably have in the past. You're probably communicating even more or better 
because you're not trying to maintain a romantic relationship. You're just trying to raise the children. But if you keep communicating, it can be a positive outcome. It can be a positive experience for not only you, but also your children, which is the ultimate goal. And that's why I was saying before that co-parenting is the ultimate goal for parenting and raising children. So another thing I wanted to touch on, it was on a website, www.healthycoparenting.com, which I like that she put healthy parent co-parenting. Um, there's a, um, a like a co-parenting coach on there, and she had several different tips as well that she um, was touching on. And what I liked um, on her site is she has – Free resources. One of the things was co-parenting, crucial conversations to have. And like I said, you're going to be communicating more with your ex. So this is stuff that you have to kind of be prepared to talk about. Some examples are what values are important to you, what values do you want to teach our kids that we're going to do together, what rules are important to you that you feel like we need to be on the same page with what religion is important to you. Um, you know, whatever I am, I want to teach that to my child. Are you on the same page with that? Um, when is the bedtime during school? When is bedtime during the summer? What is the bedtime routine? What does that look like? You know, you don't want them to be uh, all mixed up over dad's house. They just get in their pajamas and lay out in front of TVs all night. And over mom's house, they're taking baths, reading books, and getting in the bed, and everything's dark. So you just want to have some consistency there. Will there be technology limits? You know, sometimes one parent will let them be on technology as a babysitter, and the other one will, you know, say no technology at all, or you have to do chores for technology. What is going to be the, you know, the guidelines for that, the, the boundaries for that? Um, what sports? or sports camp or extracurricular activities are important to each parent so that, okay, I really want the child to learn soccer. They seem to be interested in soccer, so support me in paying for the soccer uniforms and the soccer cleats and, you know, everything like that. You want to be on the same page because sometimes as a parent, and I know just being a single parent, we make the executive decision that, oh, I'm going to put my daughter in dance. The dance cost is $1,200. So I'm going to need 600 from the other parent. I, I, I need to make sure either I can hang and, and do that or that I've had a conversation so that we both can take part in paying for that so it's not all on one parent. Um, you know, for older kids, when will dating be allowed? Will they be able to have phone calls from, you know, other kids from the opposite sex? What are the rules for sleepovers? What age will they be able to wear, wear makeup? What chores will be required and at what age? What forms of discipline will be used? What are your consequences? Are we going to have the same consequences? Are we going to have yours and have mine? What is that going to look like? Will there, be, will there be allowance at both houses? What doctors will the children have? What dentists will the children have? Who will be taking the children to these appointments for the dentist and the doctor? And holidays. What will we be doing every other holiday? Will we do every holiday? Will we just have them together? What about birthday parties? Will we be together or separate? Will we both be going to parent-teacher conferences together or separate? So 
or even like IEP meetings or 504 meetings or any kind of behavioral meetings, like will that be together or separate? So you really need to make sure there's so many things you need to talk about as co-parents. But I, I love that, you know, like I said, I love that word healthy because there is a way to do it in a, in a way that you won't be um, – you won't be negatively impacting the child's self-esteem, and you'll be actually helping the child adjust in this, you know, like I said, broken situation. You know, you can only do so much. I mean, after a while, the child's going to have to just, you know, build some resiliency, and hopefully their self-esteem has been, you know, maintained and healthy and lifted enough that they can be resilient and come out of it, you know, and without feeling um, like torn or like they have to be loyal to one and not the other. And, you know, there's just so much to it. So anyways, like I said, we will continue to talk about co-parenting here and there. I think we pretty much have, you know, talked about it for the most part. Um, Last week and this week, we're going to give it a rest. I want to plug, you know, August 26th with this being a new season for PS10 Radio, we are going to have two guests, Glenda Hayden, Glenda Bailey Hayden, and Hassani Hayden is a mother and son duo, and they're going to be talking about village building and building a village of people to help raise your children so that um, they can be productive. And I just want to know more about what she has to say about all of that. And so I'm very excited. I hope you're able to join us. And as always, you know, be the best parent that you can be one positive step at a time and enjoy your week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.